Welcome, welcome to She Speaks Divine Podcast. I'm excited to be back again today with another topic. Um, Honestly, while I'm saying this, I don't even have a title in mind, but I know for sure it's going to be a good one. Um, This episode is really going to be talking more so on mental health and, you know, what we don't talk about enough in Christianity and what we don't acknowledge enough in the churches today. Um, Something that a lot of people struggle with and me myself, you know, I've struggled with. And to this day, you know, I still have things that linger um, in my mental health that, you know, isn't a hundred percent. Right. So um, I can speak for myself and say that for sure. I've struggled with major anxiety Um, there's a point in my life when I was really depressed and, you know, there was almost like a ignorance. Um, and I mean ignorance in the sense that like there was not enough knowledge surrounding mental health and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know how to deal with it, especially from a Christian perspective. Um, for me, it's definitely started in my younger years. And I thought something was wrong um, because I didn't understand it. And because I didn't know scripture enough to look to anything to understand it and to get an understanding of people in the Bible who may have struggled with similar things. And the funny thing is, there were people in the Bible that struggled Um you know, with depression and these different things. And it, and it may not be outright said in the Bible as depression, but you can tell through their writings and through their actions that there was definitely difficult points in a lot of these uh, people's lives. And that's something that I want to touch on. I know it may be more of a solemn topic, but I don't want it to be solemn. I don't want it to be a solemn topic because I want there to be an open dialogue about such a thing. Um, we're so used to speaking about things that, you know, are not really pertaining to mental health. When we preach, we talk about, you know, uh, Hannah or Bruce, we preach about Jesus and his walk and all this stuff. And, you know, we forget that there is a whole sector of people that are struggling. We look at struggle um, as lust or temptations or the sins, but we never really focus on some underlying things that are happening and that aren't as openly spoken about. And like I said, with this podcast, I definitely want to create a space where I can, you know, speak to young people who may be struggling and let them know that you're not alone to Christian young, young people, especially because, you know, as a young and I thought that, you know, I was in the wrong for, you know, feeling depressed or having anxiety attacks. And I thought there was something like majorly wrong with me. Um, It was just a very interesting process that I had to go through. And as I got older and as, you know, things started to be more stable in my life and I started reading my Bible, I started looking at these characters, uh, I use characters very lightly. Um, We know that they're real. (laughs) Okay, it's not just like storybook. Um, These real individuals are going through real struggles. And a lot of the time we take um, a message out of their life, but it's not really looking 
at the factor of, you know, there was majorly hard times that made a lot of these people want to kind of just like end it all because, you know, they were suffering with certain things. But of course, we know God brought them through and and they ended up, you know, getting better and and things started looking up for them and and their life turned around for the better. So, of course, we see the happy ending for a lot of them. Um, But I want to get into it. So, once again, when we speak about mental health in Christianity, it's something that is like, pray about it, you'll be okay tomorrow, just go fast. And those aren't realistic solutions. And while prayer works, we still need action. We still need something to be done. There's therapists for a reason. There's psychologists for a reason. There's counselors for a reason. God has given many people gifting and the ability to deal with such um, such things like depression, anxiety, uh, suicidal thoughts, um, schizophrenia, all these different things, you know, there's people set in place to help individuals overcome these things or to get better. And as Christians, we need to have the answer. We need to have the answer um, for individuals that are struggling because I've heard a lot, you know, just pray just pray and everything will be okay. And after I prayed and after things were not getting better for me, I was like, well, maybe God's not hearing me. I don't know what's going on. And I felt really alone in those moments. And I feel like it's important to be transparent about these things because there's people that are struggling with it. And, you know, it's not always easy to speak about, especially for those that grow up um, in a Jamaican household or, you know, old school parents who don't really understand the depth of what these things are unless they go through it themselves. And some, uh, especially for parents back home, a lot of them go through it, but they don't know what it is. There isn't a diagnosis. So they are just going about life thinking that's a part of them or thinking that's just who they are because it was never fully diagnosed or never understood, I should say. Once again, that point of ignorance was there. Not ignorance in your being stubborn, but ignorance with the real meaning that means there was a lack of knowledge around the subject. So one thing that was very interesting to me was, uh, I want to go over, I'm I'm going to the scripture right now, was Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And it speaks about seasons. It speaks about, you know, the good and the bad. It speaks about, you know, there's different times and seasons that come along in people's lives. Like there's the ups, there's the downs. And there's times when you'll be happy, but times when you'll be mourning. There are times when, you know, when you're to speak up or or there'll be times of peace and times of war, time to labor, time to rest, all these different things time to laugh, time to mourn, time to dance. Um, So it speaks definitely about the different seasons that people go through. And what I've come to understand is that some seasons last a lot longer than others. And some people, that season is just a forever thing, it feels like. Like it's never ending. You know, 
it seems that nothing they're doing or as the time goes, things are not changing. But I want to give you hope because I know from personal experience that things, they're not always going to be perfect. And I want to be real because a lot of people act like, you know, I'm happy 24-7. Life is great. I'm doing well completely and nothing's going on in my life. But I want to be completely honest with you and say that there will be times where, you know, you're not going to feel 100% okay. And that is okay. And I want to bring us to um, to First Kings, I think it was chapter 19, um, right here. Yes, First Kings 19 with Elijah. And this always interests me when I read it because I was reading through first and second Kings and I was like whoa there's a lot going on here (laughs) for those that have read first and second Kings please there's so much going on I was like lord have mercy but um no so I was taking a look and you see that Jezebel was after Elijah and Elijah being a big, big prophet did something that we did not expect, that we did not think he would do. That was like a whole plot twist. Like that, it was like, whoa, what's going on? But you see here that he ran from her. He ran and he was he was in a state. And you know, a lot of commentary around this, a lot of scholars who have read into this have said that this was a sign of like a depression that he was going through once he ran. Um, it says that he went into the wilderness. I'm, I'm looking at verse four here, um, verse four to verse eight. I'm going to be looking at mainly here. And we see that he went into the wilderness and he sat down under the juniper tree, right? And he asked God to just kill him. I'm sorry, like, I know that seems so blunt, but he it was bad enough. For him to say, I just want to die. Like, I don't want to live right now. Like, I would choose death over being chased by this woman. Like, he was alone. He had no one with him. Literally, they killed off all the prophets. Because you see, as he was speaking later on, he says, you know, all the prophets are slain. You know, there's no one there. So we see here, he was all alone. Or he felt all alone. In this moment, he requested that he should just die. And I'm going to read what he says. He says, it is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And, you know, he laid there under that tree. And he was just waiting to die. He was just waiting there. And I feel in that moment that, you know, It was like God was looking down on him and it's like, you're not alone. And that's the point I also want to point out right now, because a lot of people, including myself, go through moments where we feel so alone. Like all the prophets are dead. Everyone's gone. Or it feels like I have no one with me or I just feel like, you know, I'm doing this thing on my own. But God was there the whole time. And God sent an angel to, you know, feed him and to shade him. He he said, here's some food. Get some rest. Get some sleep. 
And you know, a lot of people on the internet joke about that verse. They say, oh yeah, like when you're sad, just eat some food and take a nap. And they're like, that's what Jesus prescribed or God, I should say, prescribed to Elijah. And although in that sense, it sounds really funny, when you think about it, sometimes that's really what it is. Because we get so caught up overthinking. We get so caught up in our own minds. We get so caught up in the situation that we're in. We don't find time to rest. We don't find time to just be in God's presence. We don't find time for all of that because we're so worried about what's happening in that present season. We're so worried about the emotions that we're going through. We're so worried about you know, everything that's happening around us that we don't even find time to rest and take a minute to ourselves. And take a minute to just kind of relax and and be in that space where God can comfort you. And I was reading this book because, you know, I was going through something and I wanted to read this book. And it said that a very important thing that we need to do is allow God to comfort us in those moments of despair, in those moments of sadness, in those moments of depression and anxiety, because a lot of the time we try to take it upon ourselves to comfort our own being. We try to comfort ourselves, but it's not enough. And the comfort of us alone will never be enough. God is the ultimate comforter. He said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am the comforter. That's who, that's what God has prescribed to himself. Um, He said that I am your comforter. And it's important for us to rely on his comfort because we can't do everything ourselves. We can't handle every uh, every problem ourselves. In 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 to 4, it says, Praise be to God, the Father and of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those uh, in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So God comforts us. He shows us uh, that compassion, that love, that comfort that we cannot give to ourselves. And, you know, it's it's quite sad, though, because a lot of the times, you know, we want to take it upon ourselves to say, I want to fix this problem. And a lot of the time, especially when it comes to, you know, anxiety, depression, uh, these things, you see with people, especially who commit suicide, you see in a lot of their notes and a lot of these things that they say, you know, I did all of all that I could, or, you know, I tried everything I could. I just felt so alone. I I can't do this anymore. You see, I can't do this anymore. But one thing that God constantly reminds us is that we never have to do it alone. We never have to do it alone. And I feel like when we get to that realization that we're not alone in this, it's that added comfort. It's that added consolation. It's that added, you know, protection that we know I'm not going through this alone, even when I feel alone. And, you know, there's so much times when even though I know that God is there, it doesn't feel like it. And a lot of the times we like to equate God's presence to a feeling. 
But one thing that I had to learn is that God's present, uh, God's presence is not negated and is not um, made real by an emotion. It just is a fact. Because I'm not always going to feel the chills. I'm not always going to feel the tongues coming on. I'm not always going to feel um, that shake when God is present. He is always present, even when I don't feel like it. He is a forever friend. And what you have to realize is that, especially in those moments when you feel like he's not there, is the moment that he is trying to be closest to you. Because a lot of those times is when we try to push ourselves even further away. And it may not even be willing. You may not even be physically trying to remove yourself further from God. But because you don't feel, you know, how you feel when you're singing a worship song, because you don't feel all those emotions, you're like, okay, I must be doing something wrong. So I'm just going to be a little bit distant until I figure it out. And that's not the approach that we want to take. We want to remember that he is literally there with us all the time, all the time, whether we feel it or not. He is a very present help in the time of trouble. And the scripture tells us this. So, you know, when I was thinking about this, I was like, what am I even going to speak on about? Because I feel like there's so many different things that I wanted to touch on in my podcast, but I wanted to really touch on mental health because there's a lot of people that are struggling with it. And I wanted to give my own testimony, you know, about how I have dealt with that. Because a lot of people speak about, you know, the healing aspect of it, of I'm healed, I'm good now, you'll figure it out type of thing. But one thing that I have to admit is there are moments that I don't feel 100, that I don't feel all happy 24-7. And I'm sure we can all attest to this, that there are moments when you don't feel 100%. And I used to think like, you know, oh my gosh, like I must have done something wrong. And the reality of the fact is no. And one person in the Bible that I look to is David. David had it hard. I believe uh, him and um, Jeremiah, they had it pretty tough. They had it pretty tough. A couple of them wanted to off themselves because it was what they were going through as you read through the scriptures was quite a lot for one person to handle. And we see that a lot of the time David in the way that he was writing, it was really depressing. Um, and in some of the Psalms, you see how he was expressing, you know, how his enemies were coming up against him. But he realized multiple times that even through my situation, I'm still going to give God praise. Even through what I'm going through, I'm still going to worship God anyways. And I believe that's one of the first steps to dealing with it is reeling is realizing, sorry, that God is literally still there and he's still to be praised, even in the low times, even in the bad times, even in the sad and depressing times, that he's still to be praised. Because, you know, God never promised that everything was going to be, you know, always amazing. He never promised us that. But he always gives us a way out. And while we will pray, when I tell you that 
you still need to act on prayer. I'm not saying that you need to not pray. Still pray. Like, please, still pray. But what I'm trying to get at here is sometimes there's more that needs to be done. And I found that speaking to other people and talking to them about what I was going through really helped. And, you know, a lot of these people that I spoke to, they didn't necessarily realize. I don't believe a lot of them realized that I was talking to them uh, in a certain way that, you know, would help relieve me of some of the things that I was going through. Um, I'm a very to myself person. So, you know, I try to keep things pretty low key. But there are certain individuals that I spoke to and I confided in. And, you know, I let I allowed them to be there for me. And that's another point that I want to make. A lot of the time when you're going through certain things, you want to isolate yourself. But allow people to be there for you. Allow people to be there for you. Because we get into this state of mind where no one will get me. We get into the state of mind where we say, I can only handle this by myself because I don't want to stress anyone out. I don't want anyone to feel obligated to help me. I don't want to put anyone in my situation. I want to leave them out of it. I want to handle it myself. And that's that self thing again. These emotions, when it comes to depression and anxiety specifically, a lot of the time what it wants to make you do is isolate yourself further away from people. But those are the times when you should be getting closer to people. Allow yourself to be vulnerable. And I know it's very hard. And I can say this as someone who does not like to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is very hard for me. Um, that's something that I do indeed struggle with. And for me, I had to realize that in order to get better, I had to allow myself to get help. I had to allow myself to be vulnerable to people so that I'm able to express what I'm going through. Because we continue to say that no one will get me. We continue to say that no one is understanding what I'm going through. But are you taking the time to let them understand what you're going through? Because they will never understand if you don't explain it to them, if you don't let them in. So that's the first step is to let someone in. I'm not telling you to just go to a stranger but even somebody in your family, your close, your best friend, whoever it may be, your cousin, uh, a teacher that you confide in, a professor, a pastor, an evangelist, let someone in. And I would more so suggest that it be someone who is Christian, who can give you godly advice, who can give you that godly ear. And they can let God speak through them. Because if you continue to try to do it yourself, that is when you're pushing yourself deeper into your situation. So the first step is allowing yourself to be in a vulnerable position to let people in and not push yourself away. And also with seeking help, a lot of people go to therapy and I want to say that I really push and I really suggest that people that are interested in counseling and therapy that are Christian, please pursue it because there are people in Christendom that need your help. Because it's one thing to go to a ungodly therapist that 
they're not going to give you any godly guidance. Of course, their guidance will be helpful. But when you have Christians that understand the fundamental structure of, you know, our faith, and they can help you using the faith. Now that makes a difference. So don't be afraid. I know there's Christian counselors out there. There's Christian therapists out there. Definitely seek that. And if you can't, don't feel like you can't go to a regular therapist. Because sometimes pastors can't handle the type of situations you're going through because they're not trained, because they don't understand it. And of course, God can help and guide them. But of course, there's also people that are trained to do these things. So one thing that I want to leave off with is that there is hope. There is always hope. That with God, he is the God of hope. He is the God of light. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I think it is Roman 8, 18 that says that um, the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared to the joy that shall be revealed in us. So all of this is for a moment. And, you know, for me, I'd say that I don't struggle with anxiety the way that I used to. And I know how to catch it before it gets to anything serious. And I know how to pray myself through it. I know how to do the necessary steps to get back to that place of being okay. And for everyone, there's different things. But if it means writing how you feel, if it means talking out loud, if it means, you know, there's a lot of different things people do. But find your outlet and allow God to be the first outlet. Allow God to be the first person that you go to, that you pray to, that you let know what's happening. He sees it, but he wants you to call out to him as well. He wants to be the comforter, but are you vulnerable enough to let him comfort you? Because we complain to God about things, but we don't let him comfort us. We're just using him as, as a, a person to vent to or someone to vent to. But when it comes to the comforting process, where he's going to guide you, where he's going to lead you, where he's actually going to say, okay, you did your talking now. Let me do the healing. Let me help you. A lot of the time we shut down before God can even do something, before God can even give us the solution, before God can even guide us to the people that will help us. We just rant and then we run back into our corner. So I want us to begin to let God in, to let God do the comforting. And he will lead you to those things or people that will help you get better in certain areas. And once again, this is a call for those that are genuinely into counseling and therapy as Christians. We need more Christian counselors and therapists and psychologists. We need more of them, those in the faith. So once again, hold strong. Hold strong because there's everything happens in a season. And the season may be really drawn out right now, but a season is still a season. And it's not going to last forever. There is hope in God. And there is, there is an end that is expected. God knows all. And we know that things may not happen in the timing that we may want it. But best believe that God will get you through. Romans 12, 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be patient, have faith.
that God will get you through it. That God will help you through your situation. Because it's not easy. Your days are not always going to be easy and all uh, chalked out to be perfection. But God will continue to be with you. Even through the dark times. Even through the difficult times. He is a friend. A present help. And remember that you could do all things through Christ that strengthens you. He will strengthen you. He will walk before you. And and one scripture that I've been repeating to myself is Isaiah, I think it was 23, 6 or 26, 3, uh, that says, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him because he trusteth in thee. So God will give you that peace when you keep your mind stayed on him. That peace is in God. So I just want to end it on that note. It's been a little bit long. This is one of the longer episodes, but there is hope and there is light at the end of the tunnel. God will be there for you. So keep that hope and keep that faith because God will never leave you. You may feel lonely. You may feel alone, but that doesn't mean that is the reality. Your reality is not loneliness. Your reality is not uh, the sunken place, the dark place, the depressing place. That's not your reality. Your reality is knowing that God will get you through the situation, that God is with you through every situation. So stay hopeful. And I know this was a little bit more of a serious topic today. But I just wanted to remind someone that God is with you and he will never leave you. So have a blessed day. And continue to stay faithful to what you know is true about God and his promises.